Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. In episode 63, we got a really good lineup for you ahead of the first card of the year in UFC Vegas 46. First up, we're going to be joined by Brandon Royval to preview his main card fight against Rogerio Bontarine. Brandon had an incredible 2020 in the UFC. Submitted Tim Elliott in his debut on Shorno. was submitted Kai Care France. Then he obviously had that shoulder injury, lost to Brandon Moreno at the end of November. Had he won, he would have been fighting for the belt. Only one fight last year as he was rehabbing uh, Smith lost to Alexander Bartosia. So he's back to the drawing board against Bontarine. So he knows this is a crucial fight for his career. If he beats Bontarine, he's kind of right back in the mix. But if he loses, like it's a big step down. But really good job with Brandon as always. We're then going to be joined by Tyson Chartier, who is the coach and manager of Calvin Cater and Rob Font. Really good chat with Tyson just about uh, Calvin's preparation for Giga Chikadze, what he kind of took off from the last year being away. And just overall stuff about what this kind of win does now that Holloway's out of that uh, Volkanovski fight. We also talked about kind of the next steps for Rob after the loss to Jose Aldo. Uh, next up, we're going to be joined by Ramiz Brahimaj to uh, preview his fight against Court McGee. Ramiz, obviously very uh, impressive last fight against Sasha Palatnikov. He says he wish he had got one more in after that year, but... Um, he's won one of the UFC, Court McGee, it's that big name veteran guy, and he's really looking forward to this fight. We're then going to be joined by Chase Sherman to preview his heavyweight fight against Jake Collier. Chase Sherman, it's his final fight of his UFC deal. He's on a two-fight losing streak, lost to our Lobsky and Parker Porter. He knows it's do or die. He's already been cuffing the UFC once. He says he does not want that again. And in, he likes his match against Collier. He thinks he has what it takes to knock him out, similar to what Aspinall did, or he can just out-volume over three rounds and get a decision. And then we close things out talking to UFC newcomer Joseph Holmes to preview his fight against Jamie Pickett. Joseph Holmes, if you guys remember, he won on the Contender Series against Shante Barnes. Dana White said, "Hey, let's. I want another look at you. Looking at on that, uh, looking for a fight." He then knocked out Jonathan Potty in the first round. Potty's a guy that was on the Contender Series. Uh, he's on the Contender Series once. He fought Punahel Soriano. He actually lost to Jamie Pickett on the Contender Series. It was kind of interesting. But Joseph Holmes thinks it's a very favorable match against Pickett, and he's kind of ready to really make his mark in the UFC with a big uh, stoppage win here. But Thank you all for listening again. We hope you guys enjoyed the break. Be sure to share the show, subscribe. Next week, UFC 270, we've got a good lineup for you out of the pay-per-view. But thank you all again, and I chat next week. All right, we're joined by UFC flyweight Brandon Roy Valley's back in action here. Brandon, how's it going, man? Good, how you doing? I'm doing well. Fighting back first card of the year to start off 2022. Like, Was this the right time frame for you to get back in there? No, I wanted to get back like as soon as possible, man. I definitely wanted to try to be like, I don't know not not wait not wait around i had like two funky years back to back or like not two years but that last year has been kind of funky of just uh having that injury and then uh overcoming it and then kind of went right back to fighting to right back to like waiting for a fight situation i'm not waiting for a fight but just uh being back into fight camp right off the bat you know what you make of this past year for you because you'll see had that big shoulder injury you had to get over with and then you kind of went right back to the top and had to fight Pantoja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I make it I make of it as like uh I I know I know what I'm capable of. I know I could be a top dog in this division. I know I can hang with all the best. But uh I I know I rushed that injury too is like uh, like the exact moment of recovering from shoulder surgery. I think it's 6 months is like a 6 months of recovery. And I had that fight at exactly six months is when I decided to take uh, like it was right when the Pantoja fight. So it was like super early to come back but like I don't know. For me, for me, it's like a lot of uh, like reoccurring life issues that I think um, that I need to master before I could ever master like full on being a fighter, you know. And uh, I think that is just slowing my slowing myself down, just slowing my mind down a little bit, and just kind of uh, 
I don't know. Like the last year has been really weird. Cause like I said, it, it was like four of the months I couldn't really train at all. And then I went into right into training camp and then, um, kind of right out of training camp, right back into another one, you know? And, uh, yeah, the last year just been a lot of just trying to grow as a person mainly and just mentally. And, uh, I think if I do that, um, and I can show that maturity in a normal day life and activities that you'll see that growth to me in the cage. And I think that's really what needs to translate the most. Are you surprised you got a uh, Rogerio Bontarine as your opponent? Um, or surprised as in what, like, uh, as in there's like, still, like nice opportunities or like, yeah, just because like, I didn't actually know if you'd be coming back down to flyweight because obviously he fought Schnell at Bantamweight and he missed weight there. Like I thought he would have been staying at thirty-five. Yeah, no, I, I, I was, he's like five-four or something. There's no like uh, I think uh, some of these guys I like will take fights at thirty-five or like when he took the fight against Schnell at thirty-five is just like I think you get a little careless when you uh, when you have that and it's easy to kind of cheat and all that stuff. And I think that's probably more of what happened is like it's like uh, I can make thirty-five easily and kind of bullshitted his diet up until then. But it's also notice like step up for him too so i don't know if it's completely fault uh, his fault you know what have you made of his run so far in the ufc because that schnell one was like one i didn't think he was gonna win he like kind of he took over that fight and then even with car france even though he got knocked out like he controlled that entire fight until car france landed that punch yeah yeah i think uh i think it's unique man i think what what he's done is like uh it's different because you see a lot of, like uh, I see like a really good skill set from him sometimes and like sometimes in his fights I'm like wow that that guy's like can be dangerous you know and uh in a couple of his fights I'm like oh wow that's like uh I don't know like he just seemed like he's doing like some sloppy stuff and uh I, I don't know I feel like I'm, I'm gonna get a full-on great Bontarine I know it's a good opportunity for him it's a really good opportunity for me too obviously but uh I think it's a good opportunity for him to just go right back in that top five and top uh and get back to the top of the division. I think that's kind of be his mindset in, in that too. And I think, uh, I think there's been a lot of holes in my game, like looking back at my UFC career and just like kind of what I've been trying to accomplish and what I was trying to do in like my mindset. I think I, I've exposed myself with a lot of holes. And I think that he thinks he can capitalize on some of those that, uh, if that makes sense. So, I mean, uh, like, like I said, uh, he has a good career. Um, he's always been top of the flyweight division and, uh, I don't expect anything but amazingness from him right there. Uh, those holes you mentioned, like, do you think part of it might have been, like, you kind of got thrown to the top, like, quicker than what, like, anyone would expect? Like, you're not really fighting, no one's really ever fighting in, like, a potential title eliminator in their fourth fight in the UFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of weird to think about that, too, is because I, I think uh, two of my fights have been title eliminators, and uh, the other two were top ten opponents, and that those are my four fights in the UFC is – uh, potential title shots like uh, like literally I think the the like when I was walking into the cage to go fight our Pantoja I walking into the arena they're telling me like this is for like the uh, an actual title eliminator fight right now so I, I'm finding that out and I don't know like it, it it's all it was all kind of overwhelming but I, I think uh I don't think that's like the really like the necessarily the big issue for me as I think I'm I'm fighting early on in my career I'm fighting these top opponents and uh I think there's like a lot of pressure for me to one like to go out there and win, obviously, but it's like I also want to go put out performances, and I, I like this is a good chance for me early on in my career to kind of make the same amount of money that these guys who have been in the UFC have been making, you know. So I, I think a huge, a huge, uh, a huge mistake that I've been going for is I've been trying to strictly go for bonuses in my fights and just go for the kill, go for a hundred percent forward, and just not kind of getting what got me to the race and what got me into the UFC is just kind of being a little more smart and calculated. I'm, I'm still a spaz. I'm still a psycho. Like that'll never be not part of who I am, 
but I feel like I've been so in the mindset of like, all right, let's go get 50 G's right now. And uh, let's go get a bonus and let's go fucking, you know, potentially make some money that could change our life or change my life, you know? And uh, I feel like that's been more of the forefront of my mind in some of these fights. And I think that's a little bit where my, some of my mistakes have been coming into play is just rushing things and then trying to look for a finish constantly. And, um, just putting myself in positions I didn't even need to put myself into. And I think that's specifically what happened in that Pantoja fight is uh, I, I saw the finish and I saw that I could get him finished. And I, in my head, I think I, like, I was like, yeah, I can get this fight done this round, you know? And I rushed it and put myself in a horrible position because uh, a little bit, of, like a lot of, a lot of immaturity, you know, it's just a lot of immaturity that uh, I need to just one confront, recognize, and then grow from, of course, you know? stylistically like how do you think you match up against Bonturian because he's a guy that likes to wrestle but like you're a tough guy on the ground where maybe he doesn't want to kind of take this one to the ground yeah I think if I go out there and do what I need to do correctly stylistically I'm a nightmare matchup for him I think I can overwhelm him if I want to like if I go out there and do what I've been doing in the last fights in the UFC which is pretty much spaz out overwhelm people and just go throw quantity and try to just um beat him in a uh beat him in just like a man like a man-to-man fight kind of situation is i think i can do that bontarine i think i could outgas him i think i could put it on him i think i could out volume in and i think i can melt him by second or third round but i also think i can just finessely beat him you know i think i can out technique him i think i can go in there and not get touched and uh put on an actual good performance and let people know that oh i'm world class i'm not just a fucking asshole that can fight you know and puts puts it all out there and uh just show what I've been working on, man. I, I've been trying to be more of a technical fighter, and I know I, I know I'm capable of being a technical fighter, and I, I let that go a lot. So um, I just need to go out there and show that maturity, you know. How much pressure are you kind of putting on yourself to get the win? Just because I know you're a guy that after every loss, like you even send out tweets like how upset and angry you are with yourself when you lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't I don't handle wins well either, man. I, I have a really hard time with this MMA thing because like. You know, this is this is my life. This is everything I've ever wanted, ever. You know, like as a little kid, like like in eighth grade, like I was making little stories about how I was going to be in the UFC. You know, like all, all the above, man. This is like my life's work. And it's like, I, I know I could go out there and beat these guys. And it's just like to go out there and perform is a whole nother thing. And it's like, but but for me, it's like, I don't know. I, I know what I can do. I know I can beat Bontarine. And I know I can beat Ruggiero Bontarine on one of my worst days. And uh uh, all that being said is it's not going to be one of those days I'm going to go out there and put a performance of a lifetime together and uh, put it all together on him specifically. So uh, I, I don't know, man, like I said, these last, this last loss was hard. Probably the hardest loss I've ever, I've ever had. Cause I've never actually like legitimately lost the fight. Like, like I've lost rounds. I've lost like decisions. I've got held down. I've never actually been submitted in like, I've, I've been competing in jujitsu tournaments and stuff since I was 16. I've never been submitted. I've never been finished. None of that. You know, I didn't even, into a goddamn rear naked choke, bro. Ah, like all of it. Like I, I don't know. But that being said, is just uh, a, a lot of stuff had to change, and a, a lot of stuff. It was more mental, more than anything, that I need to change, and just like one, slow myself down on a daily basis, and just, you know, uh, I've been getting in. I've been having some of the same problems of just like rushing, of rushing, like uh, of rushing things, uh, like ever since I was a little kid. So it's like I just need to slow slow myself down as a person on a normal daily basis, and uh, I think that'll. Uh, reflect my fighting one day. Where do you think a win over Raj, uh, Bontarine puts him to bed? Just because we obviously have Moreno <laughs> Figueroa 3 like the week after you or two weeks after you, something like that, but then it's Askarov appears to be next. But then after that, like there's no real next guy. Like I wouldn't be surprised you get this one, one yeah. more, and you're right there again. 
And then Askarov has like a weird path of like, I don't think he's fought in a year or so. And, and he missed weight his last fight too, which the UFC doesn't like. Uh, I know that he's kind of trying to just like wait his way to a title fight and the UFC's not about that at all. So I, I don't know what position Askarov's in, but um, what, what I would like and what would be ideal is after a nice win off Boncherin, if I could get the loser of the title fight, that would be ideal. Just put me right back in that situation. And, uh, you know, you know, maybe I do need to just show a little bit more maturity and just battle like some of these lower, not lower or lower fighters, but like lower ranked fighters. And, you know, like just one battle through a couple of these contracts and then also just learn some stuff in the cage, man. Uh, I feel like my UFC career has been a little overwhelming in, in the most sense of just like I've been fighting nothing but top 10 and uh, people with way more experience. And then also just like... Uh, you know, like, like I just haven't really time, like I'm learning on the fly, like really quickly. And I think that's how everybody learns, but it's like, I'm not learning against number, number 15 or number whatever, you know, I'm, I'm learning against the top five in the world right now. And, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird to like one make pennies and then do that. And then also it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I also, I also know that the end goal of this game, no matter what is to go win that title fight. And I can imagine me turning down anybody ahead of me right now. So that's really like uh, that's what it comes down to. So just it's what they offer me. Really, <laughs> they offer me anything good. I'm gonna take it no matter what, you know. And uh, I want to go battle through these contracts, and I also want to get paid as a top five fighter, you know. Well, something different about this fight too is I'm thinking this is gonna be the first time you'll be the favorite so far in the UFC. Like, yeah, I, the odds aren't out yet. I assume you're probably gonna be the favorite. All the other fights you've been pretty like this pretty sizable underdogs. Like you weren't supposed to win any of those. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm actually really excited about that, too, because, like, I've never walked out second in the UFC. I have nothing but the white Royval jersey. So I gave that all, like, all the Royval walkout shirts. I've given away to all my family, so all of them have it. So it's like, they're like, all right, I need my Venom black one now. And it's like, all right, well, I guess I got to start getting these done. So now I can start being maybe ranked a little higher. One, I can enjoy my walkout song, like, last and the not having to wait in the cage the whole entire time because I always never been a fan of that specifically. But, uh... I also, you know, just I, I want the whole new Venom get up and all that shit, too. And then I also get to pick my color of my trunks first. Like if I want white trunks, then he's not allowed to get it because that's my, there's, so there's a lot of cool little things that come with it. So I'm pretty stoked about all that, honestly. Uh, your training camp, like you're always at Factory X, you work with a lot of good guys. Like who are kind of the main guys you're working yeah, with for this uh, one? A guy, uh, Adam Martinez, I think is probably one of the best look. We have a, a, a nice uh, a, a nice up-and-coming fighter named Luis Garulo that's been a nice uh, good look for me. And then I have like my main training partner is Clay Monza, and he's coming out and quartering me. So that'll be cool for to have him in my corner. But uh, he does a really great job at just Im impersonating like – we were calling him Clay Car of France, Clay Moreno, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like he does a really good job at impersonating all these fighters, and um, he's done a great job at preparing me um, for his uh, for this fight specifically too, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, I need to do, like I said, I need to do a better job at being his training partner and just being like I don't know. I got to be more of a teammate because that guy does a lot for me, man. I appreciate him. Uh, just two more things. Whenever I talk to. Alex Hernandez, he always brings you up. Seems like you guys have like a little big brother, little brother thing going on. Like, hey, how big has he been? Because my little brother, kind of... my son, it's more of like a son father relationship. Yeah. You know, like, no, I'm just kidding. Having Alex out there is like, it's one of the coolest things too. Cause like, he's he's so different. And like, I think I'm more of like a, a like, a, like anti social. Like, like, I'm cool with just not doing anything on a weekend, you know? And uh, he'll hit me up and we'll go do something or like I'll socialize or something. And it's like, it's cool to have him around. Uh, 
because he's he, he's one out there. He's a planner, so like he'll get everybody together and all that stuff. And two, he's just like a real interesting like go getter type of person, man. You always learn something weird from him or hear a different version of something from him, and it's it's really cool, man. It's really cool to have him a part of our team, and then also he's just like a huge student of the game too. So it's nice to have someone that I can compete with, like one hours in the gym and then just like oh yeah you read this book okay well um then like read this book or like vice versa we can kind of compare notes and all that stuff and it's just he, he's solid everywhere you know he's a he's a good training partner he's obviously like a great wrestler striker and jujitsu like all the above but like he's like as a person and like who he is he's, he's just like trying to master life and it's cool to have someone like that you know that's just fucking great everywhere as a person and i'm sure you guys have probably talked about it but your guys' path are pretty similar where he scored that quick short notice like stoppage win just like you did and kind of got fast tracked right up there to the top yeah yeah exactly and, and then uh, you know what's really cool too is he's giving me a little bit of guidance on that too because right off the bat is like uh, I, I when i when i fought um tim Elliott or like before i was like i'm gonna try to call i think i was actually wanting to call kai car france and then my manager and all of them were like you need to slow down like that's not the way you need to go through the ufc all the time is like the sean o'malley approach is probably the smarter way to go about it is where you're making money and not fighting fucking the top three in the world. So he's keeping things in perspective for me too. And give me like his perspective of that too. But also he knows the end goal too. And he, he also knows that I can win that belt any like by the end of the year. So we're not losing track of any of that shit too. So it's cool. It's like I said, man, he's just a solid person to have around all the time. Uh, just last thing, like you're fighting beginning of the year. So dream scenario, like what's kind of the perfect 2022 for you? Perfect scenario is I go out there, um, start sponsor turn right away and uh, put on a performance, get a bonus, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, it's, it's just go out there and fight the loser of the title fight and then just kind of work my way up through there. I would like a rematch with Moreno sometime throughout my life, but that would be really cool because uh, I think that's a winnable fight for me. And I think that uh, there's a lot I needed to prove out there because uh, the circumstances, of course. And and also I like I want to fight I want to fight Figgy too man that's the that was like at the time of the unbeatable guy you know and uh, you know that just just I don't know just trying to trying to make the whole bucket list happen man try to go out there fight everybody that I want to go out there and fight that I was like wanting to fight before I was in the UFC anyways you know and then you know winning a belt and then you know getting that done too would be a great year. Well, Brandon, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for doing this. I appreciate you, man. And just shout out to my sponsors, EAP Glass. I've thrown on the wrong side, but EAP Glass, I appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate your time always, man. Thank you very much. All right. We're joined by Tyson Charty, Calvin Cater's head coach. Tyson, how's it going, man? What's up, Cole, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm doing well. It's a little colder here in Vegas than I thought it would be, but uh, we're making do. Hey, it's better than Boston or Toronto where I am. It's, we've got some snow on the ground. It looks a bit nicer there. Yeah, we're getting, uh, my wife told me we're getting like a foot of snow back home and uh, she's going to have to pull out the shovel today. So I'm not, uh, I'm not there to do my husbandly duties. So better this than the snow, I guess. Uh, I remember we talked, I think it was maybe before Font's fight against Garbrandt and you kind of said you wanted Kelvin out a full year almost. Like, was this the perfect time then for him to make his return? Yeah, I mean, I think we're, Last year we fought January 16th. This will be January 15th. So we could have come back a little earlier. You know, we were kind of ahead of uh, that schedule, um, you know, preparation wise. But, you know, time off is never going to hurt you as long as you're utilizing it to, to improve on the weapons. And, um, yeah, I think this is a good time. You know, it's about a year off. Calvin's hungry to get back. Uh, he was out long enough to heal, but not too long where there's going to be any sort of ring rust issues or anything like that. 
He was offered a couple fights too, like short notice ones. Like, did you guys ever consider those ones? No, we we were like loosely. They through the grapevine, we heard that they were like dangling, having him fight last April, and we we're like, no, we're not, we're not fighting till the fall at the very earliest. And then they offered us a fight in August against Giga, and it didn't matter who that was. Like, I didn't even run it by Calvin. I was like, no, we're not available yet. You know, so we didn't. You know, I think there were some rumors in the media saying that we said no to Giga, but no, we said we just said no to fighting anybody in August. It was it was earlier than our timeline. It wasn't going to make sense, so we said no. We're not fighting in August. It had nothing to do with the opponent. And then they offered us. Uh, they were talking about the um, uh, Allen fight for uh, October, and and we were in on that, but it just didn't materialize. I think Allen was going through some stuff, so the fight never came together, and then. And then uh, it was like hanged tight, and then this this offer came, so we, we jumped on this one right away. Oh, was that hard for Calvin? Because like just being a fighter, I imagine he was probably wanting to get back in there when he heard of all these fights. Yeah, no, Calvin. Calvin would have fought in freaking February if we let him. So um, that's his job, and that's you know I'm blessed as a coach to have an athlete like that that wants to go and just kill everybody tomorrow. So, um, but that's what you know you have a team around you for, like the fighters should never have to be making those decisions about like how long is safe to stay out, stuff like that. You have a team around you that makes those decisions. It's not just me making that decision. That's like me, his family, his training partners, his other coaches. Like we all collectively put our heads together. We love this kid and, and we decide what was best for these athletes and, um, and then come to them and, and explain it to them. And, and Calvin's always been with like, you know, I trust you guys. You're here for a reason. Just tell me when I'm fighting. And after Giga's went over Edson, like, did you guys think that's probably the guy you're going to fight just because they offered you him before? Well, at that time, no, because I thought we were, we kind of thought we were going to fight uh, Brandon Allen. Or, sorry, I was going to say Brandon Allen. Uh, Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen. Yeah, I would say the other guy. Arnold Allen. We thought we were going to fight Arnold Allen. We kind of already dangled that out in front of us. So we were actually out in Texas when we watched that fight. And we thought, all right, cool. Good win. That was impressive. And, um, you know, but we were thinking about Arnold Allen at that point. And then when the Arnold Allen thing fell through, we had no idea what they were going to offer. So, um, you know, just a lot of moving parts. You don't want to try to get your hopes up or, you know, eye on anything because, you know, this is the UFC. Things change by the day. Yesterday we thought Max and Ortega, or Max and Volkanovski uh, were fighting. And today I think maybe they're not fighting. So who knows, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, we watched the fight and, you know, we saw some things that we were impressed with and we saw some things that, like, oh, if we ever fight that kid, I think we could do X, Y, or Z. Just because Giga is such a good kickboxer, like, is part of the game plan or just in the back of Calvin's mind is maybe I just take this to the ground? Because, like, on paper, you probably think Calvin is the better wrestler. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Calvin actually wrestled, so he's got to be, he better be the better wrestler, yeah. right? Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, ha we have a pretty good plan going in, but I think, uh, you know, I think if you look at what Edson did, he went out and tried to kickbox a great kickboxer, and, and that's not the best thing. And other people that have mixed it up a little bit um, have had success. So, you know, we don't want to be one-dimensional in, in, in any fight. And, um, you know, do I think that Calvin could stand in front of him for 25 minutes and, and box him and, and have a chance of winning? Absolutely. You know, he's gone with some great guys and um, had success. And, you know, but at the end of the day, like, this isn't glory kickboxing. This is an MMA fight. So we'll see how that plays out. And, you know, fortunately, you know, we get to make it, you know, we have the option of taking it down if we need to. But, you know, maybe we don't need to. How much will, like, the pressure be? Just because, like you mentioned, like, Edson stayed at kickboxing range. Or obviously, I think if Calvin get close and make Giga just use his hands, like, that's obviously a big advantage for him. So, like, is that part of the game plan is to, like, 
try to you either get like in right away so you're not letting him use his kicks no i don't mean i'm not gonna get too much into the game plan but you know definitely we want to like make giga fight you know we're not going out there like january 15th that won't be that that won't be a sport we got to go put giga in a fight and then see how he reacts to that and um see if he can rise to the occasion of, of like getting in a fight you know so i think that'll be that'll be the key is just, you know not playing his game not letting him dictate and and us us fighting our fight and not being so much worried about everything he does entering this fight like do you think a lot of people have kind of forgotten what calvin can do because like geek has been on this run since calvin last fought and like Calvin's last fight was a year ago and he lost. And like, it seems like, and especially in MA, like the, what have you done for me lately sport where if you don't fight or you lose, like everyone says, Oh, you suck. And he's going to lose this fight and all that. Yeah. There's a lot of recency bias in this sport, which I get it, you know, but um, you know, and I think Calvin has a good head on his shoulders. That whole time we're in camp for max. Everybody's calling him being like, Oh, max is washed up. He's like, what are you guys, what are you guys talking about? Like max is one of the best to ever do it in our division. If not the UFC, he's not done. Like he's still young. Like Max has a lot left in the tank. And then he went out and his last two performances against us. And then yeah, year showed that. Like, so I think that's just the media doing what media does and fans doing what fans do. And, you know, there's a lot of recency bias, but at the end of the day, like you look at all sports, you know, and MMA is closer to closer to football than it is to, uh, you know, other sports where like the better team can certainly lose and then go back and play the same team in two weeks and dominate, you know? So it's, Really, at this level, it, it's all about who executes on fight night for those 15 or 25 minutes. And, and that's what we always preach on our team is it, it's not necessarily even who the better fighter is. It's who performs that night, you know. And um, that's really what it comes down to is I, I think, you know, fans are probably writing Calvin off. And you look at the odds, I was, you know, they're pretty one-sided. And um, that stuff fuels Calvin, you know. He likes being an underdog going into these fights and, you know, Hopefully Giga takes takes all that to heart with all this uh, fanfare cheering against us, counting us out, because uh, that'll just make Calvin's job easier uh, on the 15th. Yeah, that's something I want to ask. Like, are you kind of surprised by the odds? Because, like, it was basically a pick against Holloway. Like, there's people thinking, like, he could beat Holloway, he loses one fight, and now everyone's kind of written him off, and he's this massive underdog. Yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't put too much stock into the odds. And I think, um, you know, like I said, like, people were counting Holloway out before our fight. They were counting Aldo out before Rob's fight, like always washed up. Like, you know, the reality is like these guys, at, once you get into the top 10 of the UFC, like any of these guys can beat any of these guys. It's just a matter of who performs on that night. So, you know, when I saw the odds, it's like, all right, cool. We're an underdog. Calvin's friends will make a lot more money that night. Um, obviously the big news came out that Holloway's out of the Volkanovski fights. So, like, do you think the stakes for this one only got like bigger? Cause like, an impressive performance, maybe like Cater just slides right in and fights Falk. Yeah, I think it's just going to depend on what they decide to do because, you know, March 5th is, you know, maybe they move the fight. I don't know what the injury is with Max, how long he'll be out or anything. So, you know, that does run by your mind. You know, it's like, all right, you know, big win here. If they decide to, if Alex still wants to fight on the 5th, we win. It's we're the guy that makes sense, you know, because you got, yeah, you're coming off a loss or Tiger coming off a loss. Um, Emmett below us coming off a win, but he's below us. So if, if the winner of this fight, you could make a really, really strong case as long as Zombie's not healthy that they should be the next guy in line for a uh, to fill in for Max. With the featherweight division, like, what do you kind of make of the top? Because it, it is still kind of clustered. Like, even when Calvin fought Max, the top was still clustered. And I thought maybe a year later, like, it would open things up, but it's still like pretty clogged up there. 
Yeah, I just think you're seeing some like, you know, Max is Max is still kind of the the guy, and and unfortunately he's hurt. You know, he's going against uh, Volkanovski, so people want to see. I I want to see that third fight. You know, they, those guys fighting is exciting, and and then you got like guys that are right there, like you know, you got or, Ortega, Zombie, Calvin, Yair. Like it's all exciting people, and then you got you know Emmett right behind us. Ige's a dog. Um, you got guys like Giga coming up, so the division's there. You know, like. I always say 35 and 45 are just really deep divisions with a lot of talent and a lot of intriguing matchups. Um, but you do kind of have right now, as it sits, those two guys at the top where, all right, can, based on the performances we've seen, is anybody beating those two unless they have like a stellar performance? And um, so I think you've got kind of like Max and, and Alex, and then you kind of got like that next group of guys that have to prove that they're worthy of beating those guys. And um you know, that's where we're thinking of what we can do on the 15th. We go out there on the 15th, focus 100% on, on, on beating Giga, another prospect who's 7-0 and in the UFC. Um, it it oh, puts us right oh. in that conversation. Uh, with this fight, like, being at the apex, like, smaller octagon, like, do you think that kind of favors Calvin, too, especially if you're going to try to mix it up? Yeah, I mean, I think definitely whoever has the – the grappling experience or like the in tight uh, advantage on paper would probably usually have an advantage in the smaller cage. Um, that is something to consider. The cage is a, uh, you know, it's five, five feet fall, smaller than the regular one. So it's going to be less space for him to run around. Um, the cage is going to be there five feet quicker than it would be. So uh, definitely like, I think this is good that we're fighting in the smaller cage against Giga. Um, but if it's the bigger cage, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make that much of a difference, but it is something to think about. Is Calvin a bit disappointed? He's coming back to no fans. Like you thought maybe a year away, like he'd be back ready in front of fans again. No, Calvin's excited that there's at least going to be his mom and brother and, and his sister get to come to the fight. You know, they, they've had the fight, I think four, three times in a row with no fans, you know, Max was maybe like a hundred fans in that arena, but there was no like USA people there. So this will be the first time uh, since this is a beat fight that he even gets his family at the fight. And that's, that's really what means a lot to him. He's really tight with his, uh, his family. So I think it's huge for him to have that support system there. And he's just glad that they're going to get to be, you know, sitting cage side for the fight live. Just a couple more things. Have you kind of like, what is kind of the goal for Calvin this year? Like assume beat Giga and like, what, I assume he probably wants to be pretty active after spending the whole year off. Yeah. I think if, you know, one fight at a time, you know, we got, we get through Giga, you know, we get through him, uh, if we get through him healthy, then I know he'd like to fight two more times this year. But, you know, once you're at the top, it's it's tough to get quick fights because everything's got to make sense for everybody, the other side, your side, UFC. Um, then, you know, you're looking at, like, what main event slots are open because you're kind of at that point where you're fighting a lot of main events. Um, so it's tough. So the only thing, you know, our team motto is focus on what you can control. And right now the only thing we can control is, is trying to perform on the 15th. And then after that we'll, we'll kind of reevaluate and see where things sit. Uh, just last thing I want to touch on, Rob, like, Obviously, coming out the lost Aldo, but he looked like really good. Other than the couple points where he got knocked down, but like, uh, what do you think of his performance against Aldo? I was, I was, you know, super proud of him. I thought he executed like really perfect at that level. It's kind of whoever makes the first mistake um, can usually, you know, suffer from that. And we were looking great in that the beginning, you know, beginning of that first round. You know, he got a takedown. He was lighting him up a little bit. He was touching him. He was, you know, putting it on him. You know, we're trying to test the cardio a little bit, and then. Um, that punch with like 30 seconds left that just, you know, broke his orbital and, and rocked him a little bit, just kind of set the tone for the rest of the fight. Cause unfortunately, you know, he came back right away in the second round and started putting it on him again, but 
when you get rocked like that in a fight, anytime you get hit after that, if you get hit clean, you, you don't wear it as well. And um, I think my sister Carrie said it best. It's like, if each round was four and a half minutes, Rob won. Um, but that's why you fight all, all five minutes of every round. So uh, I think it was a good, it was a good like litmus test to see where Rob's at. You know, he, he got to feel one of the, the other best 45 of all time. You get to see, you know, feel that for 25 minutes and realize like, okay, like I can do this um, going into my next fight. Like I kind of, I kind of know where I belong now. Uh, when is kind of the time frame for him to return? I think if you look at that, like June, you know, June, July time frame, I think that'd be perfect to allow us to uh, rehab a couple things, heal the eye, and then uh, really get back in and work on a couple things that we saw in that last fight and then get a full fight camp, you know, starting in like April or May and then get us to, you know, an eight week, eight week, 10 week camp to, to go in there against another, uh, another top guy. Uh, just last question. Like, do you really have anyone in mind for Rob? Cause there's a lot of guys you can fight. Like I saw people throwing out like Sandhagen, Cruz, like Marab, like where he is, there's so many fights. Is that something like you think in a couple of months, you kind of get a clear picture of who's going to be the guy? Yeah, I think I think a couple months it'll all shake out. Like I think if as it sits right now, him and Sanhagen make sense, just because Sanhagen's coming off the the loss to a tough guy, we're coming off the loss to a tough guy. These guys are both like super talented strikers. I think the fans would love to see that fight. Um, yeah, I think it's you know they fight each other. The winner of that's right back in the mix, you know. So, but who knows? Like like I said, when when you're at this level, it comes down to what's the UFC's timeline look like? What's the other opponent's timeline look like? And what's our, our timeline look like? And then they all got to add up, you know, kind of a line. So, you know, who knows if he'll even be available or if he wants to fight sooner or later. So there's a lot of moving parts on that, but you know, Sanhagen would be a cool fight, but you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, maybe we fight the loser of the title fight. So who, who knows? Like, it's just by the time June, July rolls around, it's a different world in <laughs> these divisions. So we'll see. Well, Tyson, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this again. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, Go Bills, too? Yeah, go Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, we're joined by UFC heavyweight Chase Sherman, who's back in action here. Chase, how's it going, man? It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, starting the year off, first fight of the year, like, is this the time frame you wanted after your last fight, or is it? Uh, or were you hoping to get one more in 2021? Yeah, I was hoping for a little bit, uh, something a little bit sooner for sure. But um, you know, sometimes it's just uh, you get what you can, you get what you can take. You know, uh, Jake Collier, were you surprised this was your opponent? Um, no, I wouldn't say surprised. I mean, I was, I just knew they was gonna um, uh, give me what they gave me. You know what I mean? Um, it's not really somebody I was like looking at, but um, after dropping the last two. Uh, you know, you take what you can get. What do you take away from your last fight against Parker? Man, I just think that I was just, I just came out flat, you know. I was in my head a little too much, I think. Um, and, um, you know, just being stuck in the hotel for, you know, an entire week and you sit there and you just contemplate the fight and you're sitting in the room and then, you come out to the fight and then, um, you know, there's obviously no crowd. It's just, it's really hard to kind of get excited, you know, it's, and, and, and um, fighting isn't a sport where you want to kind of come out flat, you know? And um, I think that also like kind of under, uh, estimated his, uh, his, uh, 
his the way he pushes the pace in the fights. You know, underestimated um, a lot of things about that. I thought I was going to walk right through him, and uh, you know, that's on me. You know, uh, that's uh, one of the very few fights, probably the only fight that I was really um, uh, that I should have won and I lost. You know, and so that one just kind of like it didn't sit well with me at all. Uh, with Jake, like, how much do you know about him? Um, I mean, I know I've seen his fights, you know, studied his film. Um, you know, uh, he makes it up real well. He uh, he um, is a volume striker. Um, you know, he and he seems like a complete fighter. It's it's it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a tough matchup. You know, he's uh, he's uh, he's he's uh, well rounded on the feet. And um, he's been in the UFC uh, about just as long as I have, so it's not longer. So it should be a good fight. Is the volume something you're looking to try to do more of this fight? Because even with Arlovsky, too, like I know the ACL happened. Like, is that something you and your coach have been working on is just throwing more punches? Uh, No, uh, not really. Uh, If anything, my coach is trying to tell me to tone it down a little bit. I mean – I'm a volume striker as well. I think if you look at the stats, uh, I'm number one mm-hmm. um, in the division. Um, significant strikes landed per minute, number two in uh, UFC heavyweight history. So um, I'm always kind of been a volume striker. Um, I believe that uh, when I'm moving and when I'm active, it it, uh, it kind of uh, negates and takes away the, the, the whole thinking process. And um, – and it kind of puts me more of a, in, a, in a flow state in which uh, if, if I'm, if I'm in that flow state where I'm not thinking, I'm just going and I'm trusting my body and um, I'm having fun. Then I really believe that there's very few people um, on this planet that can beat me when I'm in that state. And so um, it's just all about being, being there, you know, getting out of the head and, and, and just uh, tapping into the body and, and really just going out there and flowing and having fun you're obviously a big power puncher too like so we've seen collier get knocked out so is this one that you think he go get that knockout in i'm not really concerned about that i'm preparing for a 15 minute uh battle you know what i mean this is a uh, last fight on the contract and uh and uh it's it's a must win so um as long as i get my hand raised that's all i care about man that's all i care about if we get the highlight reel finish then yes that's 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 great but uh like I said, the, trying to turn this off, the thinking off, turn that off. How do you try and do that then? Like, because it is like a very mental game, and like you can get in your own head pretty easily. Yeah. Um, a big, a big way for me uh, that I'm really trying to implement is uh, um, just through uh, uh, meditation, meditating. You know, sports meditation. Uh, Focusing on that, focusing on the flow state, and just kind of live, living in the present moment, and uh, not thinking about uh, the the future, the past, or any other variables in between. How much pressure is on you then? Just because you mentioned like last fight of your deal, so like if you lose this, like you said, like it is probably done for you. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess when <laughs> I try not to think about that either. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you don't want to think about that either, but. You know, um, if you look at my career, I, in a lot of uh, cases, I, I tend to thrive under the pressure. You know what I mean? When there's no, when there's no other option um, but to win. You know, um, so, you know, uh, 
Yeah, we're not thinking about that. How much better do you think you've gotten? Because I know you went to Sanford, like your last camp was at Sanford, like just high-level coaches, high-level training partners. Like how has it been down there? <laughs> it's been great, man. I love it down here. And like I said, the last fight I was kind of getting plugged into the program and getting my feet wet and the way that they do things. And and so, um, you know, that played a little bit into um, how that fight went. Um, and um, But now, you know, I'm, I've gotten comfortable here. I've gotten – you know, build relationships with the coaches more, um, with the fighters as well. And, um, you know, that whole system that they have is, is, is really, uh, beginning to kind of mesh well with, uh, my style. And, um, and it's great, man. I love it down here. You know, I love it. Both you and Jake are kind of known for your stand-up. So do you expect it just to be a kickboxing fighter? Or do you think it might hit the ground at some point? I don't know. I mean, it's a it's an MMA fight, you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. I have like what, the twenty plus fights I've had. I've had maybe two go to the ground. I think two go to the ground. That was it. So who knows? You know, you never know. Um, I know I don't plan on getting taken down. You know, but uh, then again, stuff happens. You know what I mean. I, I threw a lazy front kick in the last fight, and um, Parker ended up uh, capitalizing on that with it with a, with a little with a little trip. So you know, as long as I don't make stupid mistakes. You know, um, if he wants to tr- try to grapple, then I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable there. You know, I feel like I'm I'm really my, my takedown defense. I feel is, re- is really is really, really top level. Uh, how important do you think your speed will be in this fight? Because you are one of the faster heavyweights with your punches. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got good hand speed, too. You yep. know, so, um, you know, um, he's got good hand speed. I don't think he has as much behind it um, as, 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 as I do. Um as far as the power goes, but, um, I think it'll be an exciting fight, man. I think, I think it'll be, I think we'll put on a, a, a really good, uh, st- I think it stylistically is a really good matchup. I think it's going to be, um, a, a good fight, you know? Where do you think a win over Jake puts you? Like, obviously it probably gets you a new deal, but like, is it just, is that the whole focus of just getting the win? Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, you know, that puts me two and two, um, in the contract. Um, you know, get a new deal, and then we'll see. We'll go from there. Uh, just depends on uh, really on um, how I perform. I, I would think, you know what I mean. If I go out there and just maul the guy, then you know there might be some bigger opportunities. Um, you know, on the contract, you know, I did have that short fight with all short, you know, that that, that short notice fight with Arlowski, and and uh, going in there and almost beating him on one leg. Um, I think I think it, it it opens a little it opens some some eyes lets people know that I can uh, hang in there with some top dogs. And so, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I know the UFC generally tries to re-sign people before they fight out their last fight. So is this something that, like, both you guys kind of agreed, let's just fight out the deal and see what happens? Or is that something, like, you oh, want no. to um, Well, they're not going to just give me a new contract if, yeah. you know, I've just lost the two fights, you know what I mean? So I think makes you know, you know, wait and see what happens with this one. We'll go from there. Uh, you get your hand raised here. Like, how quickly do you want to turn this thing around? Because you're a guy that likes to be as active as possible. Yeah, um, man. Honestly, like, if I go out there unscathed and get a quick finish, man, I'm about to. Like, I really, really, really would love to fight um, in Houston. I really would love to fight in Texas at some point, you know. And even if it's in February, you know, if I'm not dealing with any injuries after the fight, then let's, you know, I'd love to fight in February. Like, just turn around and go at it again, you know. 
is that something you want though for your next fight is be on one of these pay-per-view cards so you can be in front yeah, of fans I, I've, had, I've had 11 fights in the UFC and I've only been on one pay-per-view card and you know that was uh, UFC I think 220 and you know I got fight of the night it was absolutely stacked card it was in Dallas, Texas and um, I got fight of the night and I haven't been on one since and it's kind of really disappointing but uh, yeah I would love to be on, on, a, on a pay-per-view card uh, 211 it was that one that was 211 one. that's right yeah but uh do you like you're back at the apex like does that kind of frustrate you how you're just like do you kind of like that atmosphere or just do you get annoyed i hate, with it. It? I hate it but at least we get to leave the hotel now so yeah so during the during fight week so that's good at least i can get out and clear my head and enjoy you know las vegas you know you know get out in the city maybe go do a hike or you know go play some top golf something you know just to get your mind off the fight you know uh, just last question, like, what is kind of this perfect year for you? Because you can start the year off with a good way with a win. Do what? Like, what is kind of the perfect year for you? Because you can start the year off with a win. Like, what's yeah. kind of this? I need to get, I feel like I get three or four wins in a row, man, and I feel like my, my whole life will be changed, you know? All right. Well, Chase, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. All right. Thanks. Take care. All right. We're joined by UFC welterweight Ramiz Brahima, who's got a big fight. Ramiz, how's it going, man? Pretty good, my man. Just finished up strength and conditioning right now. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Obviously, big fight against Court McGee. Like, this is a guy that I'm probably sure you grew up watching. Like, anyone that watched the welterweight knows who he is. So when you got this fight offer, like, what kind of goes through your head? Excitement. You know, um, because <clears throat> I get to fight again in the UFC. And uh, I'm just living my dream, you know, and uh, I'm super, super happy. Any and every time I get a, I get a contract, I get a name on the contract. Like I said, I, I'm just living that childhood dream that I've always wanted to do some crazy shit, you know. And I get to literally go fight another human being for money in, uh, in front of millions and millions of people, you know. Uh, people that are right there cage side, people that are at home watching, you name it. And uh, especially when it's a, it's a name like Court McGee, a guy that I remember when he won the Ultimate Fighter, I was in high school, you know, um, all respect to him. And uh, I can't wait to get in there and mix it up. You know, fight night, we're going to want to take each other's heads off. But uh, before and after the fight, it's it's all respect. Yeah, what have you kind of made of his run? Because he struggled a bit there. He had the three losses in a row. But in his last fight, like he looked pretty good and got back in the wind column in a big way. He did. He he looked really good, man. He he faced uh he faced a guy who had a lot of uh notable wins. You know, that uh Claudio Silva guy, he had wins over um Leon Edwards, Danny Roberts. He had some like Nuruddin Taleb. I mean, you name it, man. The guy had some really solid wins. Um, and I know in his last two fights, he didn't look too hot against court and James Krause, but I think court did his thing against him and, uh, really had a strong showing in that fight, you know, with the wrestling, with the, with the jujitsu, with the striking and everything. So like I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm super excited to get in there and uh, face the best court possible, you know? Was this kind of the right time frame for you, or are you hoping to get one in before the end of 2021? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been opposed to getting one in before the end of 2021, um, just to stay a little bit more active. But like I said, in 2022, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of good things that are going to happen this year, and um, I really look forward to it. You know, I had a strong showing in my last fight, so I want to keep the momentum going in this fight, especially, and 
we see what happens after this fight. You know, my my goal is, my ultimate goal is to go undefeated this year, go 4-0, and um, and it starts January 15th. Yeah, that's kind of the perfect way to start the year, too. First fight card of the year, because it kind of sets you up to get in yeah. a lot of fights this year. No, 100%. That's 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 my goal, and uh, that's the plan, you know? Uh, barring any injuries, barring any 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 crazy life events or anything like that, that's exactly what I plan on doing, you know, by God's will. So I can't wait. I'm excited. With court, like stylistically, like how do you kind of see this fight playing out? Because it is kind of an intriguing one on paper. It is. It is. You know, I know, I know a lot of people. They sleep <clears throat> on my overall fight, uh, fight game. They think I'm just gonna go for wrestling, go for submissions, go for this. You know, I, I take whatever whatever's open. You know what I mean? And I'm not worried. I'll strike with anybody. Uh, I'm I'm a mixed martial artist, you know. I'm not just a, a grappler or a jujitsu fighter or just a wrestler or anything like that. I'm I'm a mixed martial artist, you know. And like I said, I feel comfortable anywhere the fight goes. So wherever the fight goes, I'm I'm ready to go. Do you think people underestimate your striking just because of how good your jujitsu is? They they do. I mean, I think um, they underestimate my overall game. You know, like I said. Um, Sometimes after a loss, people write you off. You have a win, and then they're like, oh, it's okay. But, you know, until you get on a streak and until you start really doing big things, then people start to put some respect to your name. But like I said, I mean, for me, it's I don't take uh, I don't take offense to it. You know, I still have a lot to prove, and uh, I can't wait to do it. You know, I can't wait to string a run together. And when I do that, I think it's going to be hard to deny me. Uh, with court like he's a very durable guy like even in 10 losses like he's only ever been finished once and that was Pons Nibiu knocking him out it's like are you kind of preparing to go 15 minutes because it is tough yeah, to finish this guy listen Cole I prepare for anything you know I prepare for 15 hard minutes I prepare to fight 14 minutes and 59 seconds and get the get the last second finish um this is mixed martial arts um anything could happen right so I don't, I don't underestimate his toughness. I'm still going to go in there and look for the finish 100%. And if the finish is there, I'm going to take it. You know, that's just who I am. I'm always going to pursue the finish. I'm a finisher, you know, and I think my record has proven that. Um, but like I said, I also understand people are tough. And sometimes it just some people, they show up, you know, like you could have a guy who all of his losses are by stoppage and you can go in there and be like, oh, I'm going to finish this guy. And he could just show up that night. And you might not be able to finish him. You know, I've seen this. I've seen this happen in many, many cases. Um, but like I said, you know, I go in there with the intent to finish and uh, not underestimating nobody that I fight. But that's just what I plan on doing. What do you think a win over Court like does for you? Like you obviously have your first UFC win, but like no offense to Sasha, like obviously Court is a much bigger name, yeah. a much oh, bigger win than what easily. Sasha was. Um, I think it does a lot of good for me, to be honest. Um, I'll be on a two-fight win streak, and um, it'll definitely help move my chips forward. But like I said, I'm just taking it one step at a time. We'll see what happens after this fight. You know, once I take care of business January 15th, get the win, then then we'll see where I go from there. You know, but like I said, my goal is to get uh, my goal is to get this win January 15th and and have that name under my belt. Which you know, it's it's a very respected name in MMA. I mean, this guy's been around since before I even started my pro career. So, like I said, it's it, it does a lot for me. A lot of good looks at Fortis, like especially for courts. Like, who are the guys you're working with for this one? So, I was in Jeff Neal's camp. I was in Alex Morono's camp. Those guys, they were helping me out a lot. Diego Fajeda. Um, We have a lot of up-and-comers, too. 
I've been training a lot with uh, 85ers and two of uh, two of fibers. I was also training with Alonzo Menafield, getting rounds in wrestling and everything like that. You know, like I anticipate Court to be one of the strongest opponents I've ever faced. You know, like I said, I never overlook anybody. I always expect them to be the strongest, the biggest, the fastest, the quickest in every single department. So, like I said, with that with that in mind, I've been training with a lot of 85ers. Zumar, uh, he's one of our up and coming 185ers. Um, Julius Holmes, he's also an 85, 70-pounder. Obi, he's uh, also another one of our 85-pounders. These are pretty big guys that are going to be fighting in uh, LFA, I think, January 14th when they come to Dallas. So be sure to check those guys out. And, um, yeah, I think Julius Holmes is, to be honest, I think he's one or two wins away from being uh, on the Contender Series. This guy, he's 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 a big problem. You know, he could fight Orthodox. He could fight Southpaw. He has a... He has a really strong wrestling base. And it's funny, we were actually supposed to fight each other back in 2016. Uh, that fight never happened. But, man, uh, we've become great friends, you know, great, great friends, great training partners. He's like a brother to me. You know, he's uh, he's been helping me out a lot this camp. Him and Zumar have been in the trenches with me. Um, uh, Jeff hasn't been able to right now because he's he's uh, dealing with a couple of minor injuries sustained from the Ponzinibbio fight but Morono's actually coming back up to help me put the finishing touches on this camp as well and like I said I mean it's just it, it's a great stable of guys that I have there that I've been grinding with throughout the years and some of these new additions to the to the to the team have been like miraculous to be honest like I said Zumar and uh, Julius Holmes and Obi they've been giving me some amazing looks and like I said they're way bigger than me so it's it's always good to be able to train with with people who are bigger than you this is obviously your third UFC fight all at the apex are you hoping maybe your next one get in front of the crowd so you can kind of fully experience listen, that UFC listen, I know that they're going back to Houston um you never know what happens you know God willing, I go in there, I take care of business unscathed. I come out good, get the win. I would love to fight in Houston. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind the fight in front of a crowd, man. It feels like it's uh, it's been such a long time. And I, I would love – I know they got a bunch of Aussies. I understand why they have a bunch of Aussies in the Kiwis because uh, you got Rob uh, Whitaker and uh, Israel Adesanya. They're fighting each other in that Houston card. I understand that, but, man – they got to put some, uh, they got to, I know I'm not a native Texan, but I've been living here long enough. I've been living here for like 16 years. So I guess I'm, uh, I'm a neutralized Texan now. Right. So I would love to fight in Houston if I could. Um, if not, I wouldn't mind fighting at the T-Mobile arena or any kind of other pay-per-view, maybe even on the Columbus card. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, just a couple more things. You kind of mentioned four and oh is your goals. Like where do you kind of see yourself at the end of the year? To be honest, um, you never know with rankings, with anything. That's why you just have to take it step by step. So for me, my goal is to go 4-0. If that happens, if I go 4-0 this year and I'm on a five-fight win streak and I get a number by my name, that's awesome. But if it takes me having to go six, seven fights to get a number by my name, that's perfectly fine. But like I said, I'm going to take it step by step. Uh, I'm going to go in there, handle business against court, get the win January 15th, and we'll see where it goes from there. You know, like I said, I'm not a fortune teller. I'm not a wizard. I can't predict the future. You know what I mean? But uh, I could tell you one thing for sure. If, if I if I do what I say and I go 4-0 this year, which I have every intent of doing, God willing, I think it's going to set me up really nice, you know. And um, 
I think it'll make a strong cause for me to get a number by my name. But like I said, I, I don't I don't worry. I don't stress myself too much about all that other stuff. You know, I know that as long as I keep doing the right thing, as long as I keep stringing wins together and uh, doing so in, in emphatic fashion, I know that good things are going to happen. So I don't worry too much about that stuff. Well, well even what are your teammates? Like it took Jeff Neal forever to get ranked. Yeah, so like you, I mean, you've probably seen that firsthand how long it takes. Come on, man. You know, there, there, there are so many killers in the UFC that don't have a number by their name that I guarantee you with my life that they could take out guys that are ranked. I mean, look at Alex Morono, how long he's been fighting. He's, he's unranked and there are plenty of other guys, you know, and like you said, it took Jeff so long. Um, and I think Jeff should be higher on the totem pole. If you're asking me, you know, I think he had, uh, he had some, he had some bad stuff that happened to him with the, with the sepsis and everything like that. But it doesn't take away from how good of a fighter Jeff is. You know what I mean? And this is what I said earlier. You know, people, they write you off based off of one or two performances. And that is unfortunately how MMA is. This is the this is the day and age that we're in where you have a bad performance and people write you off right away, you know? And I don't believe in that. I don't think that should be the case. But, I mean, that's just the way it is. Like I said, I can't bother myself with what other people think. The only thing I can do is be the best. I miss Brahimite show up on fight night and just give the fans what they want, you know, look for the finish and, and fight my heart out. That's all I know how to do. Uh, just two more things. The last card of the year, you kind of got thrust into a coaching duty. What was that <laughs> kind of like? Cause you were kind of one of the main guys for Macy and Diego. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, uh, I coached Austin Lingo back in fight Island. I've been doing a lot of cornering work as well this year. I was cornering Saad in Bellator. Um, when he fought at the, uh, uh, not Foxwoods, what was it called? Mohegan Sun, when he fought at the Mohegan Sun, when he fought Nate. Uh, and like I said, it's it's one of those things that I love. You know, I love to watch my teammates my teammates uh, flourish and prosper under those big, bright lights. Um, unfortunately, we came up a little short uh, last week. But like I said, it, it's one of those things that I love to do. Just as much as I love fighting, I love learning, I love teaching. So maybe, who knows, in the future, maybe I could be a coach. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm watching Coach Safe do it. You know, I'm, I'm under his tutelage, so who knows? Well, just building off that, who is? do you know who's going to be in your corner for your fight? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have Sada Wada and Abdul Kareem Al-Sawadi. Um, and then, of course, Coach Safe. I, I've been grinding with these guys a lot, you know, and um, they've always been there for me. And it's, uh, it's a little streak of good luck when I have those guys in my corner. Uh, just last thing, on the same night you're coaching, you're co the owner, Deron Williams, got a big win oh, in boxing. Yeah. What was that like seeing it? Because like, he's not one of those guys that are just kind of picked up. Like Whenever I talk to Uriah Hall or Jeff, like, he's, like, no. he's always in the gym working. Listen, people, people, they think that he just started training boxing and stuff like this six months ago. Listen, this guy, I've done rounds with Darren Williams. Uh, everybody sparred Darren at the gym, all the pros. All the high-level pros is part, and we've grappled him. He's always in there, you know. And since 2016, he's been training, and he's been highly involved in the gym. So I, I had no doubts that he was going to crush it. I was actually um, at Skinny Fats, which is probably not even a half mile down the road from the hotel that we were staying at in Las Vegas. I was going batshit crazy, man. I was, like, jumping up and down. I was going crazy. Um, just to go out there and see him do his thing, you know, against Frank Gore. It was amazing to see because, like I said, it's just I, I never would have thought D-Will would have fought, you know, because, I mean, when you have that much money, you're chilling, you know, you you don't really – there's no need to fight, you know. It's not 
there's nothing to prove. You know, the guy's a two-time gold medalist in the Olympics. And, I mean, how long has he been in the NBA for? And, I mean, he's had some spectacular seasons. He was rookie of the year or MVP for one year. I, I can't remember. But, I mean, Darren Williams has done some spectacular things. And just to go out there and see him do his thing and, 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 and go and put on a show. I mean, he looked good, man. He looked good for a guy having his first fight that late in his in his life at 38 39 years old i mean man he looked good he looked composed and i mean i was so proud of him man i i really was i was so so proud of him and he threw in a little mma stuff with the almost the takedown on gore man, no nah, it wasn't a takedown he shoved him and yeah, he threw he that he threw that uppercut right hand and he just said get off me uh, but ramiz i appreciate the time thank you so much for doing this my man thank you cole I all right, we're joined by UFC medalweight Joseph Holmes, who's making his debut here pretty soon. Joseph, how's it going, man? Hey, it's going great, man. Thanks for your time, Cole. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on, but obviously you were on the Contender Series. Dana White said he wanted to see a bit more out of you. You go on that Fury card. Like, What kind of was that process like? Because obviously that was probably pretty disappointing for you to not get the contract on the Contender Series, but you obviously get that second shot on that looking for a fight show. Uh. You asked how was that like, right? Yeah, like, was it kind of like, because it's a bit disappointing you didn't get the deal then, but then at least, like, you're still getting another shot to get into the UFC. Yeah, I mean, it was disappointing only for a second before I realized, like, well, why am I not getting the contract? But it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't really because, like, I don't deserve a contract because I did. I finished my opponent second round. You know, he gave me challenges I had to overcome, and I did so in, you know, flashy in a flashy way. So it was just like to build me up more, you know, and create a story behind me and, um, you know, just put me in front of the UFC fans uh, more. So now going into the UFC, there's a bunch of people excited to see me, you know, they've seen me twice and they can't wait to see how I'm going to do against a tougher opponent. This was supposed to be obviously Jamie Pickett versus another opponent. He fell out. So like, kind of short notice fight for you so when did you uh first find out that you would be taking this fight this previous friday or saturday oh like, so you have like uh about a month then about three and a half weeks yeah, yeah. something like that but i kind of already figured is that like i know you're a guy that even like after the contender series to uh the fury fight was kind of a quick turnaround so you just kind of looking like that of how you prepared from one fight to the next on a short notice? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like if I want to be busy, if I want to, you know, make a living for myself and make a name for myself, I'm going to have to accept fights. So I'm going to have to pretty much just stay in camp. <laughs> uh, with your opponent now, Jamie Pickett, like how much do you know about him? Because he's been around the UFC. Like this is his uh, fourth fight in the UFC. I know little about him. He's no different than a lot of guys he's seen. I've seen, I mean, excuse me. Um, you know, he's a, he's a tough, durable guy. Uh, his skills aren't, you know, he doesn't have like a lot of like diverse skills. You know, he's not like a great kicker and puncher and grappler. He's kind of like one or two dimensional. Uh, he's going to throw a couple hard bombs and then try and look to grab, um, and, you know, try and work some cage stuff, stuff like that. Uh, so not a huge threat, <clears throat> but you know, it's everybody's dangerous, especially in the UFC. Um, so I'm just going to have to, you know, stay to, stay true to myself and keep my hands up and put that volume on him. I know he won't be able to handle a volume, especially when a lot of things are coming his way, I've noticed. 
uh, he gets really flustered and starts <clears throat> doing desperate type of things. So um, I, I, I know for a fact he's the right opponent I should have going into the UFC, especially since he's on his way out. So I feel like I should get the best Jamie Pickett with this fight for sure. And with Pickett, like you always have a similar opponent. Like you both fought uh, Jonathan Patty. You have fought him last time. He fought on the Contender Series. So, do you look at his fight against Patty to see kind of what he did against a similar opponent? Yeah, I went back and watched his uh, fight when we were accepting uh, this fight again. When I was when I was about to fight Jonathan, I watched their fight a bunch because that was really recent. But yeah, going into this fight, I watched it again. Um, and I do see uh, he had a harder time with Jonathan than I did. Um, he didn't put him out, you know, clean. He he definitely had to get help from the judges. or You know, Jonathan still could have came back in this fight, whereas in my fight, it's very one-sided. You can tell who had that. So definitely feeling really confident based off of what I've seen in their fight. Um, and then uh, just like where he trains, you know, and compared to where I train. Feeling really good about this fight for sure. Uh, stylistically, like, how do you think you match up against him? I think I match up great again, just because uh, I do. I like to use cardio as a heavy weapon. Uh, he seems to get really flustered and tired when the pressure is coming on to him. Um, and you know, I'm a great grappler as well. I'm a brown belt in jujitsu. Uh, he looks to try and grapple often in his fights, looking for just like overhands and. Grappling. He also just like a one-shotter. He likes to throw, you know, like one nice jab or, you know, maybe a right hand or he'll throw like one kick, you know, and I'm heavy on combinations and, you know, catching angles. So I think stylistically, this is probably the best fight I could have going into the UFC. I was really curious to see who they were going to give to me first. And I'm really happy to see that this is the opponent they chose. And, you know, he is, he is good. Not, you know, not taking anything from him, but I just think stylistically, um, I definitely have his number. You have a very good ground game. Like, is that part of the game plan is to get it down to the ground? No, no, no. I know he'll try and go to the ground because he gets really overwhelmed with strikes and he tries to grab you. That's what got him knocked out against uh, the uh, Beverly Hill, yeah. whatever. Uh, Jordan Wright. Yeah, he started catching him with a bunch of different strikes. Yeah, Jordan, a um, bunch of different strikes and... Uh, he ended up shooting in for a very reckless, desperate takedown and got him knocked out with some elbows and ground and pounded. So that's, I fight different than Jordan, but that type of volume he had at that moment is kind of what I bring to the table. Uh, so I definitely do um, see him shooting in for a takedown, most likely early because he won't want to feel that. Um, and that's kind of where I thrive. I've been knocking people out lately. Uh, because I started working with Krauss and he started bringing out the best of me, but my grappling's not going anywhere and it's still there. And people seem to forget about that. And I bet he will. We've seen Jamie get finished, like right finished um, on the contender series, Charles Bird submitted. I'm just like, are you hoping to get that stoppage win here? Or are you just mostly focused on just doing whatever, even if it goes the distance? Um, Yeah, I am hope. I am hopeful to get that type of stoppage. I do. It's my first, it's my debut in the UFC and, you know, I'm trying to come in, you know, and do what I know I can do. Uh, so I don't want to be hesitant. You know, I don't want to let, like, small things get in my way, such as, you know, the crowd or being on the UFC state. Well, we're not going to have a crowd. So 
yeah. And, you know, aside from even hoping it, I, I expect to, you know, I've been training really hard and traveling to train with my coach in Kansas city, eight and a half hours away from my gym. Um, and then putting in work when I'm at my gym too. So yeah, I hope so. And I expect to get the finish that I'm, I should get. You get your hand raised. Like, what will that be like winning a fight in the UFC? Cause it's different being a UFC fighter, but like getting a win is something that is something different. I kind of already feel like in my head, my last fight was my first UFC yeah. fight. Dana was there. You know, I got the same type of check, you know, same stakes and everything was still on the line. You know, if, if I, if something happened and I didn't lose this fight, it would be the same as something happened in my last fight and I didn't win. You know, I, I wouldn't have gotten to the UFC and if I didn't win this, I probably wouldn't stay in the UFC, you know? So I feel like it's the same and I'm just excited to be in this situation now uh, where I always knew I was going to get to. And so now it's just on to get that, that belt. How much of a help will that be? Because everyone talks about like octagon jitters in your first UFC fight, but you kind of had a lot of pressure in two straight fights, like fighting in front of Dana White, two fights. Like, how much of a benefit do you think that will be entering your kind of official UFC debut? Oh man, I think that's going to be great. I think when I get in there, I'm going to be able to, you know, feel alive. I think I'll, you know, be able to like be in the moment, you know, and have fun. You know, as long as I'm having fun, that's when my best self comes out. Um, and I'll be able to, especially since there's not a crowd, I actually enjoy not having a crowd. Um, and I think that will, you know, help me be with my coaches, you know, and us be like totally in tune with each other. Uh, just a couple more things like working with Kraus, like what's that like? Cause there's a lot of high level fighters and Kraus is like one of the best minds in the game. I love Kraus. Kraus is amazing. Uh, he's always <clears throat> not just picking me apart like my skills and you know really talking to me about you know where I'm doing good at you know this is this is what you did in that fight that worked and this is what didn't work so let's take this out add in more of this you know he's really you know surgical with my style and helping me make that like what's going to win these fights for me going on and then he works, sorry, sorry to cut you off, and he works super well with my coach, Anthony Slang Singh, uh, with SFS MMA. They work so well together, um, just really complimenting each other well. So, I was just going to say, like, there's a lot of, like, Julian Marquez is out there, like, a lot of middleweights, light heavyweights. Like, who are the guys you're working with for this camp? I, I'm training with Jason Witt, uh, Julian Marquez. Um, I just met Zach Cummings for the first right. time. I'm, I'm going to train with him this week. Um, let me see. Those are like my main, those are like the main guys my size there that I'm working with. But there's some, sm you know, guys that aren't in the UFC yet who are, you know, savages. Uh, you got Ryan Leniger. He's a savage. He's not in the UFC yet. Now Bartling, savage. Um, so dude, yeah, we, we got it all. <laughs> uh, just last thing, like you get your hand raised here. Like what's kind of this perfect year like for you? Cause you start the year off with the UFC win. Like what's kind of the perfect 2022 for you? Perfect year. Probably get another four, at least fights. I'd like to touch five again if possible. Um, and then coming to the, the following year, uh, you know, rank top 10. Uh, maybe top 15 I'd be satisfied with, something like that. 
looking to get I want to be chasing the title within the next two years so after these two years are up be right there in contentionship for the title so this year I want to get like five fights all right well Joseph I appreciate the time thank you so much for doing this thank you for your time brother appreciate you